Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Miss Dr. Alexis. Alexis, Alex Pike. I don't know why I said Alexis. <laughs> You're promoting me already. I'm a registered nurse. Oh, well, it's pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> very, very close. Yes. So, Alex, oh my God, I'm so excited. We have attempted to do this a couple of times and we're successful. However, we wanted to make sure that we got the whole story. And there was parts of the story that were, uh, at the time, not uh appropriate to talk about and now uh we've moved through those issues so to speak or whatever you want to call it and today we're going to hear all about alex and i'm pretty sure this is the first time you've told your story right it is yeah i know i can't wait thank you for for having me on the show i'm so excited to be here absolutely and look i just want everybody to know alex got up at like probably 3 30 this morning to make sure that she could do this podcast for me. So thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. I'm really All right. looking forward to it. So let's hear it, Alex. I know people, I, I, you know, we all run in very, very similar circles. And, and so I'm sure this is going to potentially come to a shock to a lot of people because people see you from the outside and they're never going to, they would have no idea what you're about to tell us. So yeah, I'm super I mean, excited. My whole world is in, I'm in the beauty industry. So my, I have cosmetic clinics and I've been, you know, running those clinics for the past 11 years. So my story really started in the beauty industry as well, as I was signed as a a model to a top modeling agency at 12. So, uh, you know, every school holidays, I would fly up to Sydney. I was from a very small country town and uh, I would model in the school holidays for magazines and uh, do shows and catwalk shows, etc. And uh, yeah, this this whole um, you know world about everything being about my looks started you know 
at a really young age of being 12 years old. So, you know, skipping ahead a few years of spending this time in Sydney, I, um, I would say I got, you know, unwanted attention from, you know, men that were a lot older. And um, it led to an event with a man in his 50s when I was 14 years old. And uh, I didn't have the courage to tell my parents at that stage um, what had happened. So the shame around that and the shame around my looks, because, you know, I felt maybe I had brought that on myself, as you do when you're a child. Uh, Yeah, I spiralled. I completely spiralled into drugs and alcohol at 14 years of age. And Alex, so just, I just want everybody to kind of have a perspective because people see you and they think that you probably grew up in a very easy, you know, an amazing home and you've had a just easy life, but being trapped inside of your head after an event mm-hmm. like the one you referred to and then not being able to talk about it, that's got to be super, super fucking hard. It was hard. I, and I did. I had an amazing family, an amazing childhood, and my parents gave us absolutely everything. And uh, I just felt, I just, I was so immobilized in the fear from what, it had, ha- what had happened that I just didn't have the courage to speak up. Um, and, you know, I, I managed to hide the drugs and alcohol use from my parents for a very, very, very long time. I was very good at um, being discreet. But what ended up happening was that the more I played up and experimented with drugs and alcohol, the worse, you know, the behaviour became. And then by the time I was 17, I was modelling, still modelling in Sydney. And, you know, I was actually, you know, dating a man in his 50s. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, a very, very shady, wealthy businessman. And uh, what followed from that, um, you know, behavior just exploded and I was forced to get help and I was forced to go home. So and you, so you had to stop modeling. So, so was it now whose choice was it for you to, to go home? Is that your parents? That was, choice? It, was, it was my family as well. I was just not, I was just not well yeah. mentally, mentally um, very unwell from, from the behavior. Yeah. yeah. It was really painful, like really painful. Um, You know, there was a lot of shame. uh, But, you know, I really do believe I was so protected by God because, you know, I could have gotten myself into a lot more trouble. Yeah. Alex, you know, today I stopped drinking 11 years ago today. Oh, my God. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Wow. So, so feel, I've got goosebumps. Yeah, because I can, uh, you know, it takes, thank you. It takes me back though. Cause I think about when you talk about the pain, I think about the pain that, that, that I was in, you know, in, in no comparison to what you had, but the trap, the feeling of being trapped inside of your body in your head and like, not the only thing that you can think about is either drinking or, or, or drugging or whatever the case may be. And like you just immobilize, like you said, it, it was a great word. Like you're just crushed. And I don't think people really get a grasp of that until you've been trapped like that. And I hope that nobody gets trapped like that, but I will say, like you said, 
I think it's made me the person that I am today. And I think that's the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just didn't realize though, you know, until I did the healing that I was just trying to hurt myself so badly. Like I had so much self, self-loathing and hatred for myself uh, along the way from that experience with that man because I couldn't make sense of what had happened that, you know, I just kept hurting myself with drugs and alcohol. So it was, it was an awfully painful time. But when I went home, uh, I got help and I made a decision to enroll in nursing and I rekindled a relationship with my boyfriend of when I was 15 and we started getting quite serious. And at that point, uh, I was in university studying nursing and I decided to transfer. Uh, I qualified for the first part and I decided to, to um, take the relationship more seriously. And I travelled to Melbourne and transferred my university studies to Melbourne and I became a qualified registered nurse and I got a job on a plastic surgery ward of a very fancy hospital. And then I sort of realised, wow. And I, by this point... I'd also gotten myself, you know, clean and sober and uh, looking great again. And I got re-signed uh, as a model again. So whilst I was studying, I, I started to model again in Melbourne. I was doing really, really well. So and, l- let yeah. me ask you, Alex, how, how was it when you were go- when you went back? You know, after being gone, right, from modeling for years, it sounds like, or potentially, uh, was it, were you like a complete wreck going back? No, I wasn't. I was, I was really, I was really ready to handle it. I was just in a completely different mindset, you know, because I was, you know, focused and uh, I was, I was happy. I was really happy. And I, I I took it very seriously and it it was showing, you know, I kept getting booked for jobs. I started dyeing my hair really dark because they'd always hire a blonde and a brunette. So there was more blondes. So I started dyeing my hair dark. So I got more work. but there was a day, the day that I decided that I wanted to be an injector was the mm-hmm. day I was working at the hospital and I was engaged to be married. And this very tall uh, plastic surgeon, this older plastic surgeon, waltzed down the corridor for his ward rounds in his Armani suit. And he said to me, Alex, you're getting married, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, why don't you come up to the clinic after your shift and I'll inject your frown lines with Botox. And I was like, frown lines? Like I was 22, 23. I was like, what? And anyway, curiosity, I went. And once the treatment started working, I realised that minute that I was going to become an injector. So that was my goal. And once I left there, I started applying um, for jobs. And there was this one plastic surgeon uh, who's internationally famous. His name is uh, Dr. Brian Mendelssohn, and he's the godfather of the lower facelift. And he discovered a part of the anatomy uh, called the SMAS space that they didn't know existed until he discovered it. So he's actually featured in Grey's Anatomy. This man is very, very famous internationally. Really? So this, is about, oh. this is about persistence because I rang their office every week for about six weeks and just said, you know, have you got any openings? You know, this keen young nurse. And finally his 
nursing unit manager was so sick of me calling up there. <laughs> She said, oh, my God, not you again. Um, I want to come up here. Someone's just actually leaving today. And she said, can you come up here in the next half an hour? So I got on the dress and the heels and, and I knew in my heart, like, if I met him, I was going to get the job. And I went up there and I met him and I got the job. And Good I stayed for there. you. Four years I was with him. And that's where I really learnt about the beauty of excellence you know everything there was just like arate it was so aligned with excellence and it was an amazing place to start my career so, would you say that this would be a nurse's like dream to have this uh, these diff, uh, to be able to go into nursing the way you did, to be able to go into the hospital that you said is super, super amazing, and then to work for a guy that's world-renowned, that's got to be pretty awesome. I think it was, you know, I, I'll never forget when, you know, we saw Jesse Itzler and he's like, you know, you've got to make your place at the table. Like, it felt like that. I kind of, like, I got out a pad and pen and I wrote down, you know, the, the top people in Melbourne and he, his name was at the top and I, I just wouldn't let it go until I got the job. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I did sort of make that happen as well. I'm not sure cosmetic nursing's for everyone. It's very, sure. you know, it's very different, you know, but I love it and I, I'm really grateful that I get to do something that I love every day. Well, you know, you get to make uh, you get to make people beautiful every day, and you know, people love coming to you. I'm sure of it because when I go to get my Botox, I love going to the person that I go to because they're going to make my face look better. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it's an amazing. Uh, you're in a very um, special position, you know. But I'm really noticing Corey that the women, because predominantly my practice is women, I, I do have a small amount of male clientele and I also have uh, husbands and wives that come together. You know, we say the couples that Botox together stay together. That's our, that's our motto in, uh, in our clinic. But uh, I'm really noticing more and more, uh, especially since I've shared some of my journey about alcohol on my social media, that, you know, women are actually coming in for stuff on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming for the Botox, sure. And that's like a no-brainer. I can help them with that. That's easy for me. That's my job. I've been injecting people for 16 years. However, what I'm really loving about my work now is, is helping them find their heart and empowering them to take more control in their lives. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. I think that is such an interesting point because I, 
and I, and when I say this, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way whatsoever, but I do believe that that you're right. It's an inside job hmm. when people, you know, and look, I'm, I, I've gotten cosmetic stuff done. I, I enjoy it because it makes me feel better about me. It makes me feel better when I look in the mirror. And in my opinion, guess what? That's okay. And if that's why you're going, that's okay. If you're going because exactly. it doesn't really matter why you're going, but I think it's so special that you take the time to dig into people's insides opposed to just, you know, they're just a number. And a lot of, and there are places that are like that. And you, I'm sure there are places where you are that are like that. It's, uh, there's nothing personable about it. And, and so it makes me super happy that you do that. Yeah, they tell me, they confide in me, you know, it's a very intimate situation. You know, um, I had a, a, a lady that, that came to me specifically just to ask me, she came for, for Botox, sure, but she specifically targeted me from watching my 75 Hard Journey and wanted to know how I managed to stop drinking. You know, she, she was really struggling with it. And, you know, I don't think... Uh, I would have as much opportunity to do that unless I had shared that that journey with people. Because, you know, it's great to do the external and as you said, it does make you feel good, but it's really not gonna fix what's going on inside, you know. Yeah. You're if right. there's some internal struggles. You're absolutely mm. right. And and I believe that when you see people that are they when you see somebody that you can tell they've had you know, work done all over their body. I believe that they're searching for something on the inside mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I just hope that they figure that out. You know what I mean? Because you can only cut and, and, and inject so much or mm. until you look crazy. Right. Sure. I mean, sure. and, 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 it, and I think it can become an addiction. Definitely. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm finding too, you know, with the rise of these cheaper kind of places, their pricing is at a point where, you know, younger women specifically, they're really looking at the Kardashian culture. They're really looking at, you know, these Instagram photos and these Hollywood starlets and these top models, you know, we're talking about Hayley Baldwin, Bella Hadid, Kylie Jenner, these types of girls have plastic surgeons on speed dial and they are not just getting Botox and fillers. And let's not forget that they've got unlimited income to go to the best people in the business. And younger women are looking at these Instagram photos thinking, oh yeah, I can achieve that. I'll just keep going back and getting more and more and more. And what ends up happening is they, they just look distorted and very strange. And they actually end up, Corey, aging themselves because you're not meant to have that much done, stuff done to your face at, you know, 19 or 20. So uh, that's, really, that's really disturbing for me because I myself, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I, I like to look fresh for my age and good, but I don't want to look like I've had too much done either. So uh, when younger women come to me, you know, we really address their skin. We start them off on a small amount of Botox, but you know, when it comes to the point where they're coming back just to pump those lips up, you know, really, really big, that's my, that's not my aesthetic. That's not my brand. So I tend to, to try and uh, steer them in a more natural direction. So sure. I'm not the injector for everyone. 
Well, and I think that that's uh, that I'm so glad to hear that. And I already knew that about you, but I think that's super important for people to hear because, you know, there are some doctors that just are in it for the money and, and that is not you. That's not why you're in this. You're in this to help people, to make them better, to, you know, make their lives better. And that's super important. And I think every doctor should have, or every nurse, whatever should medical professional should have that thought process and I feel like they should you guys probably take an oath at some point saying like I'm going to do the right thing and well, you'd, you'd, hope, you'd hope that that would come into it uh, I do dissolve I do dissolve a lot of uh, people's work as well we have a product uh, which is an anesthetic drug which can dissolve hyaluronic acid so if a patient comes to me and their work or their fillers have been incorrectly placed or placed in a way where they're their shape of their face looks strange or their lips look overdone, I will have that conversation with them. And without trying to criticise, I will say, look, I think if you're going to work with me, uh, because it's my brand at the end of the day, I try to encourage them to dissolve instead of adding more. And then we start with a blank canvas because filler on filler on filler does not look sexy. You know, so let me ask you, I thought that the stuff that you're talking about, because we had that in the clinic that I had, and I, we never fortunately had to use it. I thought that was, you had to use it pretty close to right after they did the filler. Am I, am I, I guess I'm incorrect. No, 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 oh. it will dissolve. Yes, it takes, we usually dissolve and then uh, in say in the morning and then by that night, the lips will be quite deflated, but the actual uh, mechanism of the drug works over a seven day period. So we don't re-inject until seven days and then they get fresh, fresh filler. That's a pretty impressive process though, actually, if you can, you know, undo someone's work and, and fix it in seven days, that's impressive. I didn't, I really did not know that that was the process. I couldn't, I didn't remember that. A lot of women, especially that get really pumped up lips too, they they don't want to go without that look. And, you know, it takes a bit of convincing to, uh, to get them to do that. So when I, when I can convince them, they always contact me and say, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so happy because they look fresh again and they look like themselves, but a better version. And even their family members might say, wow, your lips are looking so much better because no one wants to say to you, oh, you're looking really weird, you know, like your family feel a bit, you know, awkward about bringing it up, but they'll, they'll often, they'll offer a positive compliment after they've had it dissolved. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my, you know, we, we went to my wife. So my wife has a permanent, Lip your wife's gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. I've been she, watching she you really guys is. and your story. She's beautiful. She is. She's such a sweet. You're very cute lady. together. How you converse in the car and everything it makes me laugh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're so silly sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so she had regular uh, lip implants and then decided to have some injection, and mm-hmm. and. I did not necessarily think she needed the injection, but again, you understand the, 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 the mindset is like, okay, if I do a little more, it's going to look better. That's just how we think. Um, and fortunately after it went down, after a little few months, she was like, Oh yeah, I think it looks better this way. And I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was a little crazy looking. Yeah. It can, it can be to start with. 
I, uh, I tend to start people, specifically if they've never come to me, I start them off very slowly in terms of volume and we build them up because, you know, we do have to consider partners and husbands. They get a little bit freaked out. They did a study in London and the number one reason men did not like their partners getting filler was because they were frightened that they would attract the opposite sex, which is very interesting. The second oh. reason... Yeah, I know. The second oh. reason money and the third reason was that they would look like that lady jocelyn wildenstein you know the cat woman yes so there was three reasons but we often have conversations in clinic and the majority of women say my husband or my partner would not like me being here today wow yeah it's crazy but even young women and i i'm a bit i'm a bit um, cheeky with young women so when they come in and they say, oh, my boyfriend doesn't really like me getting this done. And I say, you know, you can get a new boyfriend, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to have this one. But they, you know, you can't tell young girls anything. But, no, uh, but we, I like to respect that as well. And you know what? The I think the men have the fears for the for very good reason because there's a lot of women walking around looking strange. Yep. And it's, sure it's it just not, you know, the, the best work is undetectable. Fair point. Fair point. You should not be able to tell that you've had work done, period. You just want to look fresh. That's it. And Absolutely. You know, I, I get a lot of things done, obviously, because I'm in this industry and I've been in this industry for 16 years. But I still don't want to look like I have. I don't even get my lips done. My lips are my lips, but I, I like to just look natural. Yeah, I've always had really um, pouty lips. So I've, I've been Really? Like, you do not put it. filler in your lips? No, I did it, did it once in 2005. I look so silly. I'll have to send you a photo. Yeah. Um, I keep it in my office, actually, just so people can see it. But, uh, but what happens, you know, this part of the bone structure, you know, as we age, it starts to sort of cave in. So everyone's lips are going to get thinner you know and you start developing those upper lip wrinkles and basically what's happening Corey is you know we've got bone which starts to shrink we've got muscle that starts to waste and we've got fat, all these beautiful fat pads that start to slide and then the tablecloth becomes too big for the table so a lot of what I do is revolumization um, of the cheeks shin tear troughs temples and putting that volume back in gives more balance to the face well and really you know and, and, and okay so let's circle back to the younger folks let's just say a 20 29 30 year old comes in to see you is it do you believe do you feel like it's 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 okay for preventative measures to have a little bit of botox in your you know maybe yeah. your your forehead lines or your i, I forgot what I this is called yeah I do. I think, you know, if a girl in her 20s comes to me, which they do, uh, I, I see a lot of young women in my practice. Uh, I, we have recommended doses for anti-wrinkle injections or Botox. So I would half that dose. Okay. So I only give them a sprinkle. But if you can't make the line, because the Botox acts as a, a roadblock to, to the muscle. Sure. And so that muscle, that dynamic wrinkle becoming a static wrinkle. And a static wrinkle is there all the time. So if you don't treat these frown lines in here, over time, you will just look cranky all the time. Sure. And, we, you know, it does pay off. But you just have to, you don't have to go overboard. 
right? But a little bit of prevention, definitely, you know, twice a year having treatment um, definitely pays off. You know, I know for me, um, and I'm a fairly, I'm a pretty confident person, but uh, there's something about after I get my Botox done that just makes me feel more confident. I don't know why that is, but but it does. It just does. Well, it it reduces the the uh, sweat in the skin, so the skin looks more youthful and shiny, and you know it it gives your brows a bit of a, a lift, and everything just looks a little bit fresher. So when that kicks in, you you do feel a lot more confident about things. I just had an amazing treatment and training in a treatment uh, in Sydney uh, in the la- in last last week. Sorry. And, you know, I'm doing a lot more skin treatments now and microneedling and infusions and things because Botox and fillers are great, but the canvas that's covering it also needs attention. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of skin treatments as well and doing, you know, stamping and infiltrating small amounts of serum and Botox. We call it um, microtox to the whole face. And it starts to work over four or five days and the skin just goes. Okay. So hold on. All right. So, so you've got your Botox and you mix it, right? It's it's this amazing little um, vial of hyaluronic acid serum. So hyaluronic acid in the, you know, in a filler has been formatted. So it's a, it's a molecule. So this is a serum version and you then put in your units of Botox and you mix it all up and you take the lid off and there's this little stamping needling device and you stamp to either 0.5 or a millimeter. The millimeter is going to be a bit more painful. And then at the same time, the serum and the Botox is infiltrating into the skin and over a four day, five day period, everything just starts glowing and looking beautiful. It's really amazing treatment and maybe good for someone that isn't ready for, you know, the injections. Sure. So having that, that nice effect. That's really interesting. So does it stay? Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you can see it, but you can tell I've got like a Sharpay kind of. So, so if I did that treatment opposed to doing my Botox, what would be the difference? You'd need to do your Botox still. Oh, okay. The actual skin quality and the, the tone and the color would look more even because you're treating the whole face. You're not just concentrating on tiny little muscles. So you would get an overall better complexion and your skin from the hyaluronic acid serum would be more hydrated. That's so interesting. It's so cool because yeah. I've done it before an event and just look, you know, and my whole thing is, you know, I don't like wearing a lot of makeup. I just want my skin to be amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, sure. you know, if- event i'll go and get my makeup done whatever but you know day to day i like you know i'm a mom and i like to just keep it real so having great skin really pays off yeah absolutely well i would say that you're a perfect specimen of somebody who represents the cosmetic world for sure and i cannot believe you have never had your lips done that is unbelievable i have once 2005 right but that's gone for sure yes that is gone that's insane. Yeah, so, so there's, lots of new, there's lots of new developments coming and there's lots of new treatments. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, because of COVID, you know, I've, I've been traveling to Beverly Hills and doing a lot of training over the past two years. And, um, and it's been an amazing experience. So I'm really looking forward to getting back over there and uh, meeting up with all you guys as well and, yeah. and learning more. 
for sure. Well, Alex, I, I can't thank you enough for, you know, sharing everything that you shared today and, and, and educating people on, you know, cosmetic, cosmetic, um, I was going to say surgery, but that's not right. Cosmetic treatment, I guess you could say. I yeah. should know the words here. I, I feel like I'm like a few sandwiches short of a picnic today. Um, yeah. So that's super cool. I am. I can't wait for that to hack come. So, so will that, the stamping I process. To, I can't wait to come over and work over there. Right. I, plan. I was coming over and starting to do some work over there. So uh, once all, hopefully things start to ease up, you know, in the next six months and we'll see what happens. I'm excited about this stamping thing. That thing, that it's sounds crazy. super cool. Cause I know about hyaluronic acid. I know it's super good for you, your skin. It's so cool. I've been wanting, I, the treatment's been around for a little while. I've been wanting, I've been wanting to introduce it to the clinic. And I was just lucky enough last week to be in Sydney and have the training and I had it done myself and uh, it's starting to kick in. It's, and my skin's already feeling really dewy and beautiful yeah. and yeah, it's exciting. It's really That's fun. A, that is super, super amazing. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to learn more about that. Um, well, Alex, thank you so much thank for getting you. up so early this morning to share your story. Congratulations on your 11 years. You are amazing. Amazing. Thank I'm you. so, and I'm so proud to know you. I am very, very, very proud to know you and grateful to know you as well. And I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story today. So Alex, with that being said, can you tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me at Miss Alex Pike and my clinic is Sweet 2 Clinic. Perfect. Thank you so much, Thank Alex. You. Thank you. Bye. Have an awesome day. I will. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.